I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally. And I'm Josiah Keneally, and we're your hosts of this Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about the faith of the next generation mm-hmm. and reaching young adults in our world today. We're joined by our friend, Jade Gordon. How are you, Jade? I'm good. How are you? We're doing great. We're happy to have you. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. We're excited. And uh, if you're listening, watching, you know, we drop new episodes every Monday to help you start your week off strong. So we want you to just make it a great week. And we really appreciate your mm-hmm. um, sharing this content with others. It helps us reach more listeners with the message of young adults today. And Jade Gordon, by the way, is our friend. She's a Clemson alum. She's a keynote speaker and certified workshop facilitator. And Jade, we'd love to have have our audience just get to know you a little bit better. Can you share some of your maybe story of life, college, and launching into young adulting? Yeah. So growing up, my dad obviously talked a lot about leadership and, you know, being a positive leader. And growing up, I was like, oh, that's so annoying. I don't really care. I don't want to hear about any of that stuff. Because, you know, when you're a teenager, when you're a young adult, you're like, I want to do things my way, right? (laughs) And so when I graduated college, I really didn't have any idea of what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And I started working at a world famous restaurant called Nobu Malibu. And there I really learned the definition of servant leadership. And I realized that, you know, my boss, the managers, they weren't positive people. And even though I couldn't change them, I had the ability to be a positive leader to the people around me and maybe change that culture a little bit just by influencing people by the things that I did, the things that I said. And so um, I really thought to myself, how many other people are, are in situations where their boss or the people around them are just so negative and they need people around them to just maybe lift them up or encourage them. And so um, I quit that job and I said to my dad, I really want to start speaking. I really want to start you know, doing what you do because I've pretty much lived it my whole life. I know it like the back of my hand. People need to hear this. They need this message especially, you know, with things that happen with COVID, you know, a lot of people are, you know, not in a good place right now. And so I said, this is something I think that God wants me to do. And, um, you know, my dad being my dad said, all right, go for it. And he said, I got some stuff lined up for you, go out and do it. And I did it for the first couple of times. And I said, you know, I feel like this is what God has called me to do. And so now I've realized that my passion, my purpose, and my calling is to go around to young adults or anybody who really needs it mm-hmm. to teach them about how to be a positive leader, how to impact the people around them. Because there's statistics that says in the course of one person's life, you will impact 80,000 people. And if we're going to impact that many people, it should be in a positive way, right? Yeah. right. So my whole thing is going around to people and being like, hey, what do you need? How can I help encourage you to be a positive leader? So that's kind of where I'm at today. Jade, absolutely love that. And you're just a brief like little clip that I just received from like your story it reminds me actually of Rachel Cruz and Dave Ramsey of just like the financial aspect of things and just like her passion um, was stirred in her heart when her dad gave her an opportunity to teach from a platform and very similar to like, oh my gosh, like I know leadership and positive thinking, like the back of my hand. Now, how can I help empower others to do the same? And I so think good. that when we have that mindset and we humble ourselves enough to recognize and realize like our parents do know something, the older we get, the more we realize like, 
oh, wow, I'm the dumb one, not them. <laughs> and we humble ourselves to learn. We just become a better person in the process so we can teach others to do the same. And um, I know that Josiah and you have crossed paths almost a year ago already because you guys received a trip to Israel. And he had nothing but good things to say about you and the team and his his experience there. So Jade, I would just love like a little glimpse into like, can you just talk about the Israel trip when you were there and the role that you had or that it had like in your faith journey, even like less than a year ago? Yeah, no, that trip was so special. I will remember it forever. And the people that we went with were just the most amazing people. So um, it came, that trip actually came at a time where I was struggling um, with my life. I was going through a very traumatic breakup. And I said, God, I can't do this alone. I need you. I really need you to show me, uh, you know, just show up for me. And I received, uh, my dad received a text from a guy um, named Matt. And Matt reached out and said, you know, would your daughter want to go to an all expenses paid for trip to Israel? And I'm thinking, okay, what's the catch? Like there has to be a catch here, right? And so I did a little bit of research. Actually, my friends were like, oh, we actually did that. And it was the best experience of our life. And I was like, you know, I just, I don't know if I really want to go right now. I'm not really in the mood to travel. It's for 10 days. I don't know any of these people at all. And my mentor said, you have to go. If you get a chance to go to Israel, especially all expenses paid for I'm making you go. And so I went, I was really nervous at first, but the second we all met at the airport, it was like, it was so amazing. We got along so well. We were already having, having amazing conversation. And, uh, you know, a lot of the, the guys were looking out for me, like I was, you know, their daughter. And so it was like, wow, I feel safe. These guys are such amazing men of God. And even the women just felt like mothers to me and friends. And it was just so amazing that being there and seeing the Bible and living color was a game changer. It was like, wow, okay, we read stuff in the Bible, but to actually see where these things happened, mm-hmm. amazing. So I left there, not only, uh, you know, my faith just like on fire for the Holy Spirit, but with a new family, with people that, you know, to this day, I still reach out to and I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this in the Bible? Or, you know, just ways to be a better person, ways to encourage other people and just have that community. It was honestly one of the best experiences of my life. And I will never forget it ever. Me either. <clears throat> I That resonates with me because it was mm-hmm. such an incredible trip. And I remember my experience was pretty similar where got a call. It seemed too good to be true. And they needed to know because Israel had been closed for a couple of years to outside travel, mm-hmm. just restrictions and stuff with the pandemic. And then they opened up. So this was one of the first team trips after, you know, the borders were kind of opened up again. And so Mm -hmm. like, I got a call and a text and it said, let us know within like three hours, I think. And I wasn't with Micah and I needed to get a hold of her. And I'm like, Hey, I'm not playing games. I just need to talk to my wife. (laughs) And I remember even verbalizing the trip with you, Jade of like, man, I've got these two little daughters at home and I haven't Mm -hmm. been away for 10 days. And like, are they going to remember me? And you gave me some assurance. You're like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're going to love you when they come, when you come back and it's going to be just fine. And when I did come back, it was so true what you had said. Like, it's, it's not maybe like I hadn't been gone, but it was like, hey, we assimilated back and they were so happy to see me. They didn't forget me. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, I remember you were like, oh, I don't want to be away. And I was like, 
you know, from experience with my dad, you know, being on the road speaking, it was, and, I, and this is what I told you, I, say, I said, they're not going to remember that you were gone. They're going to remember when you're there and you're present and you're home and you're just spending that time with them. They're not going to remember that you were gone for 10 days in Israel. You know, they're gonna be like, oh my gosh, our dad's home. And right. just hearing, you know, verbalize that, it's definitely a concern for a lot of people. But hearing you say that, I was like, he's a good father. He's a good father <laughs> to have. <clears throat> I know. I love our girls, Aurora, Avalon. And, um, you know, looking at the mm-hmm. next generation, they always are at the forefront of my mind, Jade, of just thinking about mm-hmm. they're kind of a God's reminder to me daily right. of, hey, they're literally a different generation than I am. And I think that so many people in our world right now, it feels kind of dark, feels like there is a lot of negativity. Even some of it, I would go as far as to say is can be really toxic. And Mm -hmm. I'd love to talk about positivity, leadership, and even the angle of overcoming negativity. I'd ask you, would you say that positivity is a choice? Or are there some people that are maybe just more prone to negativity to begin with? I definitely think there's people that are you know, just naturally negative. Um, And my dad actually talks about this a lot. He says that, you know, growing up in a household where his father was an NYPD undercover narcotics police officer, things were intense, right? Uh, He would wake up in the morning and he would say, good morning, dad. And my grandpa would say, what's so good about it? You know, so there's people that are definitely super negative and that's the, you know, household that my dad grew up. So to this day, he says, I have to work on being positive. It's not like I wake up and I'm naturally like, woohoo, he's like, it's something that every single day I have to make it a choice. I mean, again, there's definitely people that they naturally go to the negative, but they always have the choice to bring it back to, you know, being positive. But I would definitely say, it's, it's definitely a choice. Every single day you can wake up and either say, I'm going to have a great day or I'm going to be negative today. You can infect people with your negative energy or you can infect them in a positive way. Mm-hmm. We always say you can be a, you know, a germ or you can be a big dose of vitamin C. So it's always <laughs> a choice. Let's go. I think that's so good. I think it just naturally like it kind of depends on the season of life. Like if you love your job and you love doing what you get to do, you might have more positive insight um, just throughout the day, you know, or if you're in a season where it is dark or it's challenging or it's like, yeah, do I even want to get out of bed today? You know, even just for the listener to just think about the positive things in your life. We're in the holiday season right now. And we know that there are hurts, there are hurdles, there's pains, there's hangups that we all have, whether it's a loss of a family member, it's a first holiday without them. Maybe it's a new leadership structure in your job and you're insecure about, do I even have a job after this new leader comes in? Because sometimes they will come in and do a little bit of housekeeping, you know, or so it's keeping in mind that no matter what, like God is still um, in heaven and he still sees us. He still knows us. Jesus is still seated at the right hand of the father. And many of the things that we get to choose um, are positive or negative um, thoughts that we're actually hardwiring our brain each and every single day. I think of Tommy Newberry, who is all about positive thinking and the joy challenge and just finding the good in the midst of you know, the bad and just really finding that silver lining and everything. And for someone maybe who is wanting to like grow and become more positive when it comes to leading others, whether it's at a corporate level, in the ministry world, in the mission field, in a college camp, on a college campus, in their classroom, or maybe it's in their household. Like what insight do you have for growing and becoming more positive in our leadership and becoming more confident in who God's created us to be within the role that we have, like, how can we do that securely? 
And that's something that I'm learning as well is um, it, being a leader. It's knowing who you are. It's knowing your identity and having that confidence. And uh, truly for me, I have to realize it comes from God. It's who has God created me to be. And I think a lot of people become insecure when they lose sight of that, when they realize that they were created in God's image, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and that there's people around you that you have the ability to impact. And so I think it's normal to have those insecurities, but then to realize, okay, this God, I'm in this position for a reason, right? God created me to do this, to lead people, to impact people. And I need to have the confidence to do it because if I'm not confident, nobody's going to really want to follow me. Right. So it's realizing, you know, whose you are and knowing that this is what you're meant to do. And so that's something that I'm, I've been kind of learning as I am now stepping into this role of teaching other people is nobody's going to listen to me if I'm not confident, if I'm not secure in my identity in Christ. Um, so that's what I would, you know, just tell people is like, just have that confidence to know that you were created for a reason and that you have the ability to impact people. That's good. I agree a hundred percent. And I think that, you know, Micah mentioned Tommy Newberry, one of our favorite authors too. And he just said something that's simple. We had dozens of problems, but hundreds of blessings. Mm -hmm. And so what you're talking about is being confident in God, knowing that we're his child and that he smiles on us the way I feel about my girls mm -hmm. or being away from them. Like, that's how he feels about us and even more so, right? And so just to recognize that we have a choice and we can, I love that, be a germ mm -hmm. or we can be a big dose of vitamin C and let's mm -hmm. choose to be a blessing to others around right. us. And um, we're going to talk for a second about the next generation, faith, even Gen Z. Mm. And before we do, we had a moment on the Israel uh, trip where there, we were on a bus and we're traveling and you did something called like Gen Z speak and Rob Fultz, who's been on this podcast, um, oh. he, he was like being quizzed and you were like quizzing him on some of the Gen Z vocabulary, but take us to that. What are some of the, Ooh. what are the, some of the things that Gen Z saying like this, this is off script, but just fun. Um, some of the things that I asked Rob, if he knew was, um, you know, people are saying sheesh. And so Rob was <laughs> just like ice in my veins. And it was just so funny. I didn't even think that he would know something like that, you know? And so it was just funny hearing him say things like, oh, knowing that Gucci means good or like, oh, that's fire. That it also means like, it's so good. That food is so good. And those are like, you know, the slang term Gen Z is using. It. And so it was really fun seeing Rob <laughs> be like, oh yeah. I know those or teach him something that he didn't know or something where he's like, oh, that meant something totally different back in my day. And we just we laughed and we had so much fun. And oh, that was just such a, an amazing trip just to you know be around those people and just have that fun like that. <laughs> I know that was one of my uh, non-spiritual highlights, right? Because you're in <laughs> Israel, you're like seeing the Holy Land, like where Jesus walked. But you got to do something while you're going from holy site to holy site and um I still have that video clip saved on my phone of you. And it was timed too. Like Rob had 10 seconds per word to, to find the meeting and stuff like that. But um, for the person maybe that is listening, maybe they're a pastor or maybe they're leading a business or a team with intergenerational, right? Like multiple generations uniting around the same cause or goal. How can somebody become better at leading others, especially those who are younger in Gen Z? 
So one of my favorite things to kind of talk about is the four C's and the four C's are basically about creating great relationships. And so they are communication, connection, commitment, and care. And when you're leading somebody to have that kind of relationship with them is a game changer. Because if we don't have a relationship and I'm trying to tell you what to do, there might be a little pushback. There might be a little, mm -hmm. hey, you know, it's not... I don't know that you have my best interest at heart. And if I know you have my best interest at heart, I'm more likely to listen to either your constructive criticism, your feedback, or your advice on what I should do. And so when you communicate with people, we communicate to connect. So when I communicate with somebody, it's how do you want to be communicated to? When you're establishing that relationship, maybe somebody wants you to send them a text. Maybe they want you just send them an email, maybe whatever it may be. Maybe they don't like when you're rah, rah, positive and loud. Maybe it's they're more quiet, more receptive to feedback that way. Right. So it's really just learning people. And then when we communicate, we have mm -hmm. that connection and that connection is that bond. When I have that bond with you, I have to then show you that I'm committed and that's doing little things. That's, you know, whatever it may be to know that I've got your back, that we're a team, that we have this relationship no matter what so that I can lead you, so that you can become better, we can become better as a team, and hopefully impact other people around us. And then when I'm showing you I'm, co I'm committed to you, I, have, I also have to show you that I care. And we all want to know that we're cared for, right? Like, that's a huge thing. I want to know that I'm heard. I want to know that you see me. I want to know that you support me, and that no matter what, you've got my back in this. And so I think today, that's such an important thing is creating those relationships, especially when it's different ages. We think, oh, okay, well, this is the boss. There's no way that he's going to talk to me. Well, maybe he should. Maybe by creating that relationship, it changes the whole dynamic of the culture at either your business, your company, whatever it may be, school even, just having that relationships, relationships change everything, right? Oh, I agree completely. And something that you're, as you're talking about caring, the impact of one mm -hmm. caring adult, the latest Barna Group research is, has come out with Generation Z, especially 18 to 25 year olds. And they're saying that two thirds of young adults don't know a caring adult. Two thirds of people in that mm -hmm. maybe college or young adulthood age, they don't realize that there's an adult, maybe a boss, a coach that believes in them essentially. Right, right. Right. Yeah. And I look at, it's so important to your point about relationships. And I think a big part of that starts like, I don't just want you to be a widget in this company or a cog in the wheel. I actually care about you mm -hmm. as a person. And I think that when there's th that there, it's just incredible. But when it's missing, mm -hmm. um, we might not reach our full potential. Well, I think with that, if you think about a boss, if your boss knows your some of your dreams, your aspirations, and maybe where they want to grow as a person or grow in the, in the business or grow in the ministry or grow wherever they are, if they don't know those things about you or they're not willing to listen, we're both on different pages already. Like, I want to be seen. I want to be heard. I want to be respected, appreciated. And I want to give my best through the gifts that I have. If I'm a creative, like, I want to give my put my best foot forward. If I'm... Have, I want to grow in teaching or preaching, or if I want to grow in my organization skills and whatever it is, it's just, if your bosses don't know your dreams and aspirations, what doors can they actually open up for you? That's going to benefit you, but also benefit the company and vice versa. So it's like, if we could just eliminate 
what we, I think growing up, even in the generations above us, it's like, oh, the boss, like they're untouchable. You're never going to hear from them. You might see them from a stage or a platform, which you probably won't have a one-on-one with them. So it's just like, if you remove some of the clutter and if they come, I want to say come down to our level, I don't want to say like that, but if we know that they care for us and we can care for them and say like, I, I understand the vision of what you're trying to do, boss, I want to hold up your arms. And if the boss looks at them and is like, well, I want to see you grow as a person. How can we link arms, you know, and we can just start eliminating, dissolving some of those status quos that have unfortunately been dividing, you know, generations versus unifying generations. So have you guys heard of the hippo effect? Only from you. I think so, <laughs> but please share. Okay. So hippo effect is basically, especially in organizations mm-hmm. and teams, the highest individual paid person on staff. So it's an acronym and like, okay, so the CEO or the head coach or the lead pastor or the president of the college or university, they're usually the one with the the biggest take-home salary. And what they've done in a lot of research and studies is found that people treat the hippo, the person, (laughs) the the leader, basically the highest paid person, they treat them differently. And so um, I think if you are that person, your words carry mm. like kind of like a, a ton, like a thousand pounds. And so it's also, you have to recognize that there's an obstacle to overcome. Like people might not be completely honest right away. You might have to really strive or strain or strategize to draw out or like controls in the vision or the the project or feedback, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, and I would say like, just, I will never forget. We were in a room with probably 30 other young adult leaders throughout the nation and Craig Rochelle had us in and we were thinking like, what can we like, what wisdom can he impart upon us? You know, cause you're in a room with him. He's the, the level of leadership that he has and just the influence he carries and just how he just leads in general. I'm like, wow, like he's incredible. And when he sits down in front of you and we all lean in because we want to hear what he has to say, he's, I think, surprised all of us by asking, how could I learn from you guys? What should I be doing better? What advice do you have for me to reach the next generation? Where am I missing it? You know, where are we missing it as a church? So when he starts asking those questions, you're kind of like, oh, he's just a person, but he's emulating the fact that and demonstrating that he is a lifelong learner. And we can both learn from each other, but sometimes when we put people on a pedestal or in a leadership role that we're all like, whoa, like it's so-and-so, you know? And when you kind of eliminate, he like removed himself from that, not knowing it, in my opinion, of just like, oh, we're here to learn from each other, you know? So I think when we can, you know, not be the hippo in the room, or even if we are the hippo in the room, how can we, you know, you know, bra- yeah. brainstorm, yeah. Brainstorm on uh, the same playing field is perfect. Yeah. Do you have yeah, any thoughts? I, oh, go ahead, Jade. I, I was yeah, gonna so ask. I can, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna ask if you had any thoughts on like team building or whatever you were gonna just say first. Well, I was just gonna say that I think the relationships and things like that also tie into negativity because when you have, you know, created those relationships and those bonds. If somebody's being negative, instead of being like, you know, just writing them off, it's you can be that person that says, hey, what's really going on? Because you're not just angry because of this. There has to be something because when you have that relationship, you can really dig deep. Hey, something going on at home is something going on with your spouse, maybe your kids, whatever it may be by having that relationship it changes the dynamic. You can ask them what's really going on and get to the root issue. 
That's so good. It's it's earning that right to have some like speaking to somebody's life, but then also experience uh, the other side of that as well. So Jade, I'd be so curious why and like what what comes to your mind when it comes to like reaching the next generation? Like, why do you believe it is so important in this day and age to provide young adults with the gospel to come alongside them to develop leaders? Like, what are you hoping and praying for when it comes to that? And why do you believe it's so important to reach out to them? I mean, they they're the next generation, right? So they're eventually the people who are you know, in position or the boomers or whoever it is, they're not going to be here anymore. And they're not going to be able to, you know, follow somebody. So they have to step up and be the leaders. And if they're not equipped with the ways to do it, the tools on how to be even a good leader, Mm -hmm. then our generation, we've, we failed them as the generation above them. Our goal is to help lift them up, encourage them, teach them how they need to lead people that come after them. And I think, you know, sharing the gospel with them is so important because I feel like maybe in today's society, I don't know if this is just me that sees this. I feel like we've lost sight of you know, just God being in in our culture and society, it's everybody's going based off of their feelings and, you know, what's going on in the world instead of realizing that, you know, God gave us these things for a reason. It's all for protection. It's all to help us be our best. And if people are going based off of their own understanding, their, you know, what they deem is right, then we've gotten so far away from what our our lives should be on how to, you know, impact people. And, you know, God says, go and make disciples. And if we're not sharing the gospel with them, we're not, we're not doing that. So I think it's important to not only teach them about leadership, but to teach them that, you know, your faith, again, confidence, that's where confidence comes from. That's where your calling comes from, your purpose, your vision. So by sharing that with them, we are helping equip them as a whole on how to be the best version of themselves, not only for them, but also for God to honor and serve God in everything that they do. So I think it's just something that we're really missing right now in today's society. And I think more people need to stand up and say, take a stand for the Bible, for their faith and say, this is so important. We need to share this because, you know, they're like, oh, we can't share this in schools. We can't do this. But what if we did? What if we in any conversation we had with somebody in the younger generation and somebody from our Israel trip, uh, Allison, she, she taught me this when people, I have, you know, conversations with people. I actually met this woman, um, at a car rental place when I was traveling at the airport. And she said, I really like your energy. And Allison taught me to say this. And I said, it's Jesus in me. Do you know him? And I ended up having an hour conversation, even though I was supposed to get on the road and go to my event. And I, she said, you know, I grew up and I believe in God, but I don't know that I believe in Jesus. She's a, she was a Jehovah's witness. And because of just saying that one thing, I was able to make her, she started crying and said, you don't understand how much I needed this conversation. And so just just by saying those little things or just sharing the gospel, wherever you go, it can change somebody's life, you know? So I think especially younger generation, they need it now more than ever. Yeah. That's so good, Jane. Seriously. And I think of, again, like the faith of the next generation, we just believe it's worth everything. And if Mm -hmm. there's one thing that we want in our wake, you know, if you picture our lives as a boat for a second or a ship, mm-hmm. everyone leaves a wake behind us. So it's right that question of like, what's in our wake? And I know Mike and I have determined and decided like we want a wake of blessing, mm-hmm. a wake of encouragement, a wake of joy, a wake of positivity. 
And I think that that's one of the greatest gifts that we can leave. And um, do you have any insight or advice for us uh, as parents, even like raising daughters, Mm -hmm. any thoughts on how to develop um, a a style as parents where we can pass down positivity, joy, encouragement, and confidence into our daughters or into the next generation? Yeah. So one of the things actually we teach in our power of positive leadership trainings and um, just in keynotes in general is actually about the balance between love and accountability. So Mm -hmm. growing up, my dad, I played, you know, lacrosse and that was our thing. And he would say, you know, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you're doing wrong. And it almost made me quit. I almost didn't want to play the sport anymore. And so my mom said, you know, John, you need to figure out how to be a better leader. And so he read the book Inside Out Coaching. And when I decided to not quit, he said, I'm going to just be supportive. I'm going to learn how to give you love, but also hold you accountable. And when we find a balance between love and accountability, because if my dad was just giving me so much love, right, and there was no accountability, he wasn't holding me to a standard or my potential that he knew that I could reach. And if he's giving me so much accountability and not a lot of love, I'm going to get burned out. I'm going to get frustrated. And I may not even listen to him. Right. But when he found the balance of saying, you know what, I'm going to support you no matter what, but also help you to be your best. That changed everything. Our, our relationship got better. I was more likely to hear his feedback because I knew instead of him just giving me a hard time telling mm-hmm. me what I was doing wrong, he was going to tell me what I was doing wrong, but what I could do better and how to be my best. So I think as a parent, it's always finding that balance between love and accountability of how can I support you, but also hold you to a higher standard. I think that's so good. And just keeping that in mind, like I'm thinking about while you're answering this question is like, what are our children's? They're only one and two for crying out loud. So I'm like looking at what are they naturally gravitating to already activity wise, play wise, like where are they at? Um, so we have one that I feel like is very artistic. She likes dance. She likes mom. I'm a ballerina. I'm a ballerina. Give her a paintbrush and a canvas. She'll sit there for two hours or until it's done and she'll go more, more, more. And then we have the, uh, the one-year-old where she's a lot more active. She's throwing balls. She's rolling around the house. Like she's climbing things. So it's like, okay, what are we seeing already? That's going to only escalate later. And how can we, help them hone whatever craft God has given them and love them in the process, but provide opportunities for them as well. You know, so maybe it's not necessarily accountability for us now, but it's setting up those helpful guides and boundaries and encouraging them through their artwork or through the activity that they're in. And just as they're learning, obviously, but to, to be a parent, um, that's great insight, Jade. So thank you. We're gonna have to go back and listen to that one again. But I like it. Are you ready, Jade, for the fun part? The fun part. It's all been fun. This is the the listeners, one of their favorite parts. Five and five. So we have five questions. We put five minutes on the clock. Are you up for the five and five challenge? I am ready. All right. Are you ready? Question number one here, Jade, is what is God teaching you lately? Right now, uh, God is just teaching me to be patient. And he's also teaching me that the most important thing is to chase after him. And if I continue to chase after him, then everything will fall into place. Instead of, you know, leaning on my own understanding and trying to make things happen for myself, it's saying, no, 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 God's perfect timing. Just remember that, have peace about it, 
wait. And whatever is meant to be, he will help you. Obviously, you know, it's up to me to make certain choices and do certain things to get myself there. But no matter what I do, God has a plan for my life. And I just have to know that no matter what, everything's going to work out. So I'm definitely in, you know, a season of waiting and also learning to just trust in him. That's great. It's phenomenal. I think that so many of us can relate with waiting because we do a lot of it in life and uh, it's, it's just a part of God's process <laughs> of developing us and putting um, perseverance in us and, and trust dependence mm. on him. And mm -hmm. this is a fun one. Favorite sports team. I think I have a guess, but I want to hear it for sure. Um, it's been hard to be a fan this year, but definitely Clemson football. I obviously went to Clemson and uh, I chose Clemson for the football team. So that is, you know, one of my favorite teams. Dabo Sweeney is the definition of a positive leader. He is so amazing. A lot of people, you know, emulate how he is as a coach. I know a lot of the players on the team and they say he is the best coach they've ever had. He not only tries to develop them as football players, but he truly cares about them as people. And so I think that that's so important. And that's what makes me love the team even more, knowing the culture that they've created. So this year we didn't have the best season, but Always a Clemson Tiger. Oh, and and you were at a bunch of the games too. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun. Uh, my dad, you know, works with the team. Him and Dabo are good friends. So it's really fun to just go. And now that I'm an alum, not being there as a student, but just being like, wow, this is even, you know, outside of this, I'm not even in school anymore. Just knowing like the culture, the atmosphere, it is so amazing. If anybody gets the chance, Go to a Clemson game. It's called the most exciting 25 seconds in college football history when they start running down the hill. It is amazing. It is so cool. Oh, I love it. Well, here's the curveball. I know we're talking about football, but here's a curveball baseball term here. If you could ask Josiah and myself one question today, Jade, what would you ask us? Hmm. We don't know what's coming, audience, just so you know. We never know what's going to be asked of us right here. <laughs> I would say, what is, what is something, if you're comfortable sharing, what is something that you've gone through that's a challenge uh, that led to an opportunity to have a more positive outcome? So you mm -hmm. went through something that was so difficult, but because you had a positive mindset that it led to a positive outcome. I can go first if you want. Yeah, go for it. Um, I would honestly say that it was a very defining moment in my life when I was in a relationship that I shouldn't have been in. So I was in a relationship from 18 to 25, and I was just praying for God's will, God's purpose, but I never prayed for the person before I started dating them. And I knew that God had something way beyond where I was at in life, for my life, but just didn't know how to get there. And there was one hurdle. And one thing I wasn't willing to give up during that season. And that was that relationship. And so I began to pray simply like, Lord, if you want me to break this off and like, we're completely done. Like, I don't want to hear, I don't want to feel an ounce of pain. I want to walk away on good terms. And I want to be on the same page with this person. And I want to like wash my hands of it. And I want to step into the blessing that you have for me. And it was a very challenging prayer because when you pray like, Lord, help them to treat me like they would treat me if we were married while we're dating and things went from bad to worse overnight. Like that's a good indicator that God's like, get out. So I would definitely say like, um, 
because I broke that off, God opened up doors of opportunities to lead mission trips, um, team up with people around the world, to do an internship program, to go back to school, to become a pastor, um, to get ordained coming up here, um, to marry Josiah, to have children, like that one pivotal moment where it's a fork in the road of like, choose your sinful life or choose me, um, which was very, I feel like a very negative thing in my life was like, I'm walking away from something that I've I've put time and effort and resources, money, everything that I've been the last seven years was wrapped up in this person when I needed to say, Lord, I need to make it all about you. And I need to start this out. Like, I want to do this right. Like I'm 25 for crying out loud. Like we need to do this. Um, I need to do this like me and him. And then that's when I met Josiah. So I think when I started praying for my future spouse, like even though it hurt like heck on some days and on some levels, and there was a negative mindset or a frustration of me, about me and my decision-making, God turned it into a beautiful story that he's like, Micah, you can either use your, use your story as a testimony or allow the enemy to hold you by the throat and silence you. So what are you going to choose? So out of my pain and my hurt and the negative choices that I was making, I allowed God to heal, restore, redeem any and all elements of my thinking and who I was in that season to better the women that I get to now mentor or the young women that I get to um, just come alongside whatever they're in. And God knew that I needed Josiah more than, you know, obviously I need that last relationship, but he was, I prayed for him before I knew him. I fasted for him before I knew him. Um, God was preparing my heart before I even was introduced to him. So I would say that where I was relationally with somebody I should not have been, God is still using that story. And Josiah is okay with that, obviously. <laughs> but I mean, like he's more than what I could have ever asked, dreamed, or like wished for when it came to God of like, his personality, mine, and how God knew that we needed each other because we're not the same person. So if that makes any that sense. That was so, so good. And I needed to hear that. So thank you. That was, yes. oh my God. So I got chills the whole time. Oh. I really did. Oh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> wow. What do you got? The question being like, what's something that was a challenge in my life that became an opportunity you know, I, I can think of a few major ones, being young, having tension, headaches, encountering God's healing presence, and that forever changed. If we talk about overcoming negativity, that forever changed my life with positive thinking and positive leadership, moving my life in a different direction. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the great challenges when I turned 18 was, can I go to college and how am I going to pay for it? And mm -hmm. is it going to be possible? Like my dream job, kind of requires a degree. So how, how can this all work out? Mm -hmm. And I look at, um, sometimes not having all the resources is a challenge, but it's also one of the greatest opportunities because you develop grit, you develop mm -hmm. creativity, you develop stewardship, you become resourceful. And those are all the opportunities that God brought me by not knowing if it was even possible to go to college or how much it was going to cost or the ability to pay for it. And I graduated debt free mm -hmm. and I've now been able to help minister to a lot of young adults and a lot of families who are thinking about college. Maybe they find themselves in similar situations where money's tight or whatever. And right. I just think that for me, Sometimes people have commented, wow, you're a really good steward of money or wow, you're really resourceful when it comes to ministry. I think those are truly all opportunities that I learned from a challenge that I faced as a young adult of how, how is this possible? And with God, all things are really possible. Yeah. Good. Love that. Wow. 
Good. Great question. I know that got us thinking. And um, if we go back to great answers. Oh, (laughs) thanks. Um, Thanks for that good question. If we go back to you, what would you want to leave the young leader who's listening, who's watching as a piece of advice of encouragement today? So one of my favorite things to tell young adults or just people in general is that we talked about, you know, the hippo or things like that. And people in positions of power, I always, you don't have to have a title to be a leader. We think oh, it has to be the person who, you know, is a captain or they have the most money or they're our boss or they're whatever. But every single person contributes to the culture. Every single person has the ability to mm-hmm. impact the people around them. So just because you don't have a title, you can still be a leader. And I think that's such an important thing for people to know because they're like, okay, but I'm not the captain of the team or I'm not the boss or I'm not, I don't have any say in anything or I'm a freshman, I'm not a senior. Mm -hmm. It does not matter. You still have the ability to lead anybody around you, no matter who you are, what your title is or what anybody says. We always say people lead from the inside out. The power is inside of you. So as long as you are allowing that energy or that positivity to flow from you, you got it right there. I think that's so good. And even for the listener, like if you feel like maybe you're lacking in your leadership ability or lacking in your confidence, start praying for those things because God is going to develop your character. He's going to develop your grit. He's going to develop your voice. He's going to develop your influence. I know that's an overused term these days, but influence is impacting anybody around you for the good of the cause. So we're going to stay in the positive realm with that. Um, And a positive note we want to land on right here, Jade, we just want to ask you one last question. If you could travel anywhere in the world that you have not yet been, where would you go and what snack would you bring with you? Snack? Oh, yeah, snack. Well, I would probably go to Bali because I've heard it's just beautiful. It's gorgeous. Um, And my, my minor in college was actually travel and tourism. So learning about, you know, the surrounding areas where you go um, on vacation or resorts and just um, being able to bring money to those people because they may not have it. You know, there's a difference in, you know, how much the dollar is worth there. It's very cheap there. So just being able to go and, you know, hopefully help somebody in their life. We actually, um, this made me think of this, we spent Thanksgiving in Mexico and we stay at this resort because um, it's you know, gorgeous, but we're friends with the manager. And when he became a manager at this resort in Mexico, it's, you know, beautiful, but around it, it's a very impoverished area. And so he thought, instead of just being here at this resort where people come and they hang out and, you know, enjoy themselves, what if we impacted the community around us? And so he met this woman who she didn't even have a car. She was biking every day and she would bike to this dilapidated building. And these kids in the area, you know, they didn't have any money. There was no ability for them to go to school. And so she would teach about 10, 15 kids in this abandoned building. And when she met this manager at the resort uh, walking one day, he said, you know, I want to help you build a school. I want, I see this happening. And so he got people to invest. He got people who were like, yes, we want to make this happen. And now today, a couple of years later, uh, we were just there again for Thanksgiving and we helped them, uh, you know, they did a grand opening for the high school. So they have 400 kids now in elementary, 
middle school and high school in this very impoverished area. But because people have donated and because one person said, what happened if instead of focusing on making this resort amazing, we impacted the community. So if I go to Bali, I would want to not only just stay there and, you know, enjoy myself, but go see the people in the area, go experience the culture. Maybe I can help them in some way, you know, give them money or just help them, you know, spread positivity, right? Whatever it may be is I don't want to just go somewhere to enjoy myself. I want to just impact people and even the community around me. So I would definitely go to Bali. That's awesome. I love that. Incredible. Especially the the cause too, right? Like making the world a better place. And a lot of a lot of people like aspire to that, but putting boots with that to make right. it a goal. I love how you just turn a fun vacation into like a mission trip too, yeah. because we're on mission. Yeah. And I think that God sent us to planet earth to really co-create with him to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think those are just cliche things. Like I really believe that it can be tangible when we have the mindset like you, like I'm living on mission, even a vacation is going to be a missions trip. So good. I love it. Well, I learned it actually from my dad when I graduated high school, you know, a lot of my friends, they were getting, you know, money or gifts, cars. Uh, but my dad, instead of saying, I'm going to give you something, he actually bought a well in Africa in my name. And at first I was, you know, annoyed because I'm a teenager and I'm like, what? I want, you know, a gift. I want something, you know, that my friends are getting. And when I got to see all the, you know, photos that they were sending or things where it had a plaque that it said in honor of Jade Gordon, I was able to, just for my dad's generosity, help impact this village where they got drinking water. They were able to have drinking water because my dad said, we're going to impact somebody else. You don't need anything. We're going to give this to other people. So at first, again, I was like, no, but now looking back, I still get pictures of these people with drinking water from the well that my dad donated. So I've learned, you know, from him that it's not, it's not about us. It's about the people that we can impact even doing things like that. So that's why I have that mindset. Man. That's incredible. Um, we need to I, teach our daughter that at age two. I know. No, I love it. So have you been to Africa then to see it yet? Or is that also a goal? I haven't. Okay. No, I haven't yet, but I definitely want to at some point because I think that would be so cool. For your 25th birthday. Yes. Yes. That'd be so fun. July. July. We're going to Africa. Oh, 125 degrees that day. No, I was kidding. I think about, I've been thinking about this thought. A friend of ours, Brent Silky, just said in passing in conversation, he goes, you know, been like what God's been teaching me is that life isn't about what we accumulate. It's what we leave behind and give. Mm-hmm. So I've been thinking about that. And like a fun, small hobby is I collect some baseball cards sometimes and it's fun or whatever I have since I was a kid. And then I stopped and then I like the past couple months got into it and I visited a pastor and I gave him a set and I had way more fun. I've told Micah this story. I've had, I had way more fun mm-hmm. seeing the joy on his face becoming childlike again. Yeah. Than I did if I would have kept it. Right. And so I think there's something very real that Jesus teaches us, like it's better to give Mm -hmm. than to receive. And I love that that note that you left us with. Yes. So good. Thank you, Jay. What an awesome conversation we had today. Thank you. Happy to be with you guys, especially Josiah on the trip. Every time someone would say something, he would just go, wow. And we never forgot that. It's just his energy. It's infectious. It's just so amazing to be around. That was our daughter's third word after mama, dada, <laughs> wow. We were at a museum. She comes and she goes, wow. And I'm like, you're like six months old. Wow. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so good.
so funny. That does not surprise me. Well, so special to connect with you again, Jade, and we just are excited about everything that God's doing in you and through you and really appreciate you investing in this conversation. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.